about to sing to that either. Just saying. Morning, everyone. Um, yeah, we've got a few less people here today. Yeah, there is a school visit, so that's taken away a few of our families. Um, but they, of course, always have the opportunity to catch up on our podcast, if that's what they want to do. Um, yeah, so we this today, uh, we are running, often we've been running a series. So we've actually had a series uh, or a theme that has taken place over a month or three weeks or something similar to that. But this week is a, is a bit of a one-off. Obviously, next week we're not going to be here. Mentioned that before. Uh, and so for this one, we threw out the question. Uh, and if you've been reading your your bulletins or your, your newsletters that come through, whatever it is, we've been asking people, uh, what is it that you want us to talk about? And you asked for it. That's, that's where we're going with this. And there's been a few, there was a few different comments that came back. Uh, but one of the things that has been um, requested uh, along, the, along the way uh, is what is baptism and so today we're talking about basically why get wet and what what baptism is and why you know why would we we bother to do that um, so this morning I thought I'd start with a, a few pictures that I had now a couple of years this is, this is a, these are a couple of years ago uh, these pictures that I'm about to throw up uh, took place approximately two years ago and it took place in the, our backyard and it was a picture, or these series of pictures are pictures of our boys. So I'm just going to get Simo to throw up a couple of these photos for us. Um, we were out the back, we were out the back um, just chilling out, taking it easy, and I actually had our camera uh, with us, and I noticed something a little bit uh, unusual happening in the swimming pool in our backyard. Um, we'll just pause it there, Simo, on that one particularly. Uh, and the boys were, so I don't know whether it was the whole thing, like, I want to be like my dad, I don't have no idea where, th- where this came from, but all of a sudden we noticed that the boys decided they were going to baptise each other. And uh, there was four, all four of them in there, and they were sort of taking it in turns of one had, one had sort of, you know, dunk someone, and then the next one had come along, and then, you know, obviously there was a little bit of resistance at times, so the whole, you know, the three other brothers sort of had to gang up on one of them to uh, take care of things. All right, Simo, we've got a few more there. Um, you know, like, it's sort of, you can see there's like some sort of resistance happening there. Um, there was all types of, there. doesn't matter which way they went under in the end, you know, there was eye gouging and oh, you can't really pick it. There's an infant baptism here, that was Joshua going under. There he is sort of coming up out of the water, all sorts of uh, interesting things taking place. They came up with like bruises and, you know it is, you know when, like when you're a kid, like you come out of the water after these sort of activities and, you know, there's like, yeah, you know, they, 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 they had fun. They were baptising each other. So, uh, so today we're talking about baptism and what it is and why do it and all that sort of stuff. Um, now, it may or may not look like that. We'll find out towards the end of the talk whether, whether this is sort of something that actually happens uh, according to the, the Scriptures. Um, but I guess the word baptism doesn't matter, doesn't matter whether you're brand new to Christianity, uh, whether this might be the first time you've walked into a church or you've, you've been in a church since you were born. Um, but along with Christianity, along with church, or certain Christian churches, is this concept of baptism. And I guess in some ways it has a little bit of, um, a little bit of mystery surrounding it. Like, what is it? And like, is it this sort of, is it this sort of special spiritual thing? Or is it a physical thing? Is it something that, you know, like, how should this take place? And there's a few different ideas on how it should happen. Uh, some people may be familiar with, with infant baptism about baptising young children like or babies and, and, and for some people that might be a very traditional thing that they might have, have in, like, 
had happened to them or they might have baptized their, their, their baby um, and it might have been a really special time for you or you might be, you know, you might have gone to a relative, you know, might be your nieces or nephew, I don't know, something like that. Um, or it might be something a little bit different. It might be something a little bit more, and I can t- when I say it looks a little bit more like that, it doesn't really look like that. I haven't seen too many other baptisms looking exactly like what the boys did in the back, in the back pool. But it might be more of a, you know, like this whole idea of this full submersion, and as we often call it, or immersion, it's this, this putting someone under the water. But whatever, what, whatever way it is, whatever, whatever your concept or whatever you're bringing to this whole idea of baptism, in some ways it's a little bit weird. Right, I mean, like, like, what is it if it's a, if it's a little baby, if it's an infant, like you know, and you're sprinkling some sort of holy water on something, on someone, I should say. Um, like, what is that? Like, is like, what does that do for you? Or even if you're getting, you know, put right under the water, like, like, do you do you really have to do that? Like, is this is this is this absolutely necessary in order to like go to heaven? Uh, and if it is, then like, well, well, you know, we like grab a hose on the way out and we'll baptise everyone. Or is it like, or, or, or if it's not necessary, then why, why bother? And, and I just want to, have a t- I guess, spend a little bit of time this morning just opening up the Bible and looking at the answers to some of those questions and actually finding out from the Bible and from Jesus' life himself is where it all sort of comes together about what baptism is and why we do it. Um, so, with that in mind... Uh, I'm going to start with probably the very first idea of this baptism that we find in the Bible. It's actually in Matthew chapter 3. If you had a Bible, open up the Bibles. Um, I'm going to throw some, throw some text up on the screen in a little bit if you don't. Uh, you can follow along there as well. But in Matthew chapter 3, we have this guy called John the Baptist. All right, so, this, so we're sort of pretty, pretty solid territory here as far as baptism goes. We, we pull up this guy called John the Baptist. Now, he was a bit of a... Well, I guess in some ways he was a bit of a weird guy himself. Uh, the Bible describes how he looked, what he wore, uh, where he worked, where he did his stuff. He was fairly unique, you might add, or you might say. He was, he was, he was weird, okay? Like, if he, if he walked in here today, I guarantee you'd, you'd, everyone would be like, what the? Like, uh, the Bible describes um, what he wore. Um, he wore camel's hair coat. Um, <coughs> he... Um, he he ate sort of stuff that you probably wouldn't think about eating normally like so he was a little bit unusual and then the funny thing about all this was that he actually where he operated he didn't actually go into the cities he didn't actually go to the crowds he didn't actually go to where all the people were and try and like baptize people and convert them or all this sort of stuff that you might be associated with sort of what maybe you have this mind in this idea in your mind about what christians do you know going to the people he actually was he was out in the desert or out in the wilderness as the bible describes um I can't help but describe, this probably really has nothing to do with the sermon this morning, but this morning, um, Ethan woke up and uh, it was a, talk about desert, like what is a desert? And you think about John the Baptist going out into the desert. This morning, Ethan woke up and last night, his mother was gracious enough to actually clean his room, like, and actually, so you could actually vacuum it, which is, you know, not always a common thing. And he woke up and he said, Mum, I woke up this morning and I just went, whoa there was like nothing on my floor he said it was like a desert <laughs> like that's how he described his room he said I've never like it's like he's never seen it in his life he has on occasion we make him do it but he says yeah but this idea of this John the Baptist he's out he's out in the wilderness he's out in the desert where nothing else is and he's baptizing so so this whole like I said before this whole baptism idea it's a bit all right 
But let's, let's sort of pull it apart a little bit. Let's have a bit of a look at it and let's maybe see what Jesus had in mind and obviously when John the Baptist started, what they had in mind when we talk about this whole thing, baptism, and what does that then mean for us, if anything? All right, so let's go. So let's go to Matthew chapter 3, verse 1. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the desert of Judea and saying, repent, the kingdom of heaven is near. Okay, so what goes here, so we've got this guy, John the Baptist, he was actually a special messenger sent from God, uh, sent from God, and the Bible talks about, he's the guy who was to prepare the way, to use the, the phrase that the Bible uses, to prepare the way for the Lord. In other words, he was going to come along and he was going to tell everyone that, you know what, the Messiah, that is Jesus, is coming real soon and you need to get ready. That was his purpose, that was his job, so that's what he did. And the funny thing though, or the, the part I guess that's interesting, is that while he was telling everybody, he did more than just tell people, he actually went about and he, he baptised people. And his baptism was basically he's saying to these people, um, this was verse 2, saying, repent, the kingdom of heaven is near. And so we talk about John the Baptist having his main messages. You know what, you guys, you people, you need to come to, you need to, come to God and you need to confess the stuff that's going bad in your life, the stuff that's going not quite right, the dodgy stuff, the sins as the Bible describes it. You need to come and confess. You need to come and say, you know what, I'm sorry God for the, for the bad stuff that's going on in my life. I apologise. That was his message. And then when they've done that, it was like a sign of, of yeah, I, I'm taking that on board, a sign of accepting that message, a sign of, yeah, I agree with what this John character is saying. He would be baptising people. And the way John baptised people um, is, is probably different to the whole infant baptism concept of sprinkling. He would actually fully submerge people, he actually put people under the water. Uh, and we get, the, we get the, re the, um, the understanding of this um, from, from the word baptizo. So in the, old, the New Testament, it was written in Greek, okay, and it came up with this word baptizo. Now the word baptizo had a couple of different meanings. Now, we're talking about what is baptism and why we do it. All right, this is, this is the word baptizo. The word baptizo literally means to dip or immerse or to dunk. All right, dunk, they like that dunk, so the boys were baptizoing, dunking. Okay, uh, if you were going to sink a ship, you would baptizo it. All right, so, it's, you know, it's got to go under. Right, that's, what, that's what this word baptizo means. Um, it also has this meaning of washing or making clean. Uh, so, it's it's... It's actually going under. Um, in uh, this, there's some historical writings of a guy about 200 BC who actually had some recipes for cooking pickles. Okay, you're thinking, hang on, cooking pickles, nothing to do with baptising you. Where are you going with this? All right, so this guy, this guy's on the cooking show. All right, so he's got the, um, so he's putting out the recipe in Greek. Uh, this is how we do pickles, and and he uses the word baptizo to mean to put your pre-pickle, when you're pickling your pickles, whatever you do, whatever pickles are made of, um, but to actually soak them, is that, is that a pretty like, um, uh, you know, learned sort of a thing, uh, to actually soak your, to soak these pickles in vinegar, and, and the word baptizo, so you actually baptizo, so these, these are actually soaked, and they're actually soaked thoroughly, okay, so, so this whole word baptizo, but then when it comes to the Bible, and this is where I'm going with this, in case you thought I'm just random again, uh, when it comes to the Bible, the word baptizo is not, is not translated at all. It's just brought over as baptism. 
So there's no, there's no, but, so really John the Baptist was really John, if, if, if he was alive today, you wouldn't call him John the Baptist, you'd be calling him John the Dunker, you know, or John the Dipper, or John the Sinker, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, literally, there was, there was no, there was no, like, mystic, spiritual sort of connotation to this word baptizo, it was just a literally, you submerse, you wash, you put under, right? So you got John the Dunker, uh, that's, that's who he was, like, that's what people named him, like, it wasn't like this, like, you know, it seems like John the Baptist, it's like Baptist is his second name, you know, it's like Neil Redmond, you know, it's like, it's like, his, it's, it's his identity, no, no, that was like his nickname, it's John, the, it's John the Dipper, like, that's the guy who's dunking everybody, that's literally translated, that's what it is, but when we bring it over into English, we just keep using this word baptism, but really, literally, that's what it was, in fact, there's, there's, I think there's only two times in the New Testament where that word baptizo is translated as as wash or dunk, uh, and it was referring to, there's a couple of times where it refers to um, people washing people's feet or, or doing different things, so, so the meaning's there, but, but when we talk about baptising someone, the Bible doesn't talk about dunking, it says bat- baptism, which we go, oh, what's this baptism all about? But literally, physically, dipping, dunking, that's what it is. And I guess so, in that regard, from a biblical perspective, I guess that rules out that whole sprinkling thing. I mean, if and if that's where you've been and that's your tradition or whatever, then that's, that's, that, that's it for you. But from a biblical perspective, the whole baptism is, is a physical submersion under the water thing. Um, and we'll get to the why in a little bit. Uh, and if you have any questions on that whole sprinkling thing, I, mean, I guess you're probably the best person to go and find is, is someone who does that and ask them the question, all right, why, why do you do that? Like, what is that all about? But certainly it's not in the Bible. Certainly the biblical... Um, perspective on that is, is this submersion thing. All right, so we have this dipping and we have this, um, this, this dunking scenario. Let's go to uh, verse 5 of Matthew chapter 3. Uh, people went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of the Jordan. So they actually came to him confessing their sins. They were baptised or dunked by him in the Jordan River. Okay, so here we have here we have John the Baptist literally sinking people in the river, putting them under the water. Why? Why do we do that? Why, why, why do we do this whole baptism thing? Um, okay, it's good enough, okay, that's what John did, but why, what, what was its relevance then and what is its relevance now? Um, if we go on to Matthew 3, uh, 13 to 17, which is just on a little bit further, uh, Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptised by John. Okay, so this is Jesus. Jesus actually comes out to visit this guy. So this guy's out there doing his thing and he comes out to visit him. Um, but John tried to deter him saying, I need to be baptised by you. And do you come to me? Question. And Jesus replied, let it be so now. It's proper for us to do this to fulfil all righteousness. Then John consented. In other words... Jesus comes out to John, who's preaching this, this, this message of repentance, and if they repent, then, then let's join the crowd, let's be baptised, and this, this symbolism of, of, of repentance, this symbolism of, you know, sort of washing away your sins sort of stuff, and um, Jesus comes out and says, oh, I need to be baptised as well. Immediately, John just goes, well, hang on, you haven't done anything wrong, like Jesus is perfect, so why, and I don't know if you've ever, if, for those of you who've been around Christian circles, have you ever thought why Jesus would be baptised? Like, like, we sort of say, like, it's an example, and that's cool, because I think it is, 
but why would he be baptized like really like is it just because he was an example or is there something else as well um, and John clearly says, well, you don't need to repent, mate, like, you don't, you don't need, you don't need this, in fact, if anyone needs to be baptised, you need to be baptising me, because John is talking, I'm the sinner here, I'm the bad guy compared to you, therefore, I need to be baptised by you, and Jesus says, no, 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 we need to do this to make it right. Think about this for a little bit, if John is baptising people, if people are coming out to see John, and John is preaching this message of, of repentance, all this sort of stuff, and then he baptizes them. What he's really saying here by baptism is, is it's they are then joining the association of what John's trying to say. They're coming into that message. They're going, I agree with you, John, and I want you to baptize me to, to I guess, bring me into that group of people that agree with what you're saying. And when Jesus comes along, he also is, is saying, you know what? I believe in your message, John. I believe, even though I don't necessarily have to be baptized, I believe in your message. I believe in what you are saying. And so. And so Jesus himself, at this time, is baptised by John. All right, that's what Jesus did. Okay, so I guess it brings us into an association. It's a sign of repentance, but it's also a sign of an affiliation or association with a group of people. Um, why do we do it? Why do we do it now? Matthew 28 and I'm going to come back to Matthew 3 in a minute, but I just want to flip over to Matthew 28. So here in Matthew 28, Jesus has died on the cross, Jesus has come back to life, and He's talking to His disciples not long before He goes back to heaven. And in Matthew 28, He gives them these few words. Um, I'll get to the right page. And He says here in verse 19, Therefore, this is what He's saying, so Jesus is talking to His disciples, He says to His disciples... He says, therefore, I want you to go and make disciples of all nations. He said, I want you to go everywhere. I want you to go and tell people about me. He says, I want you to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to obey everything I've commanded and show them with you always, even to the very end of the age. So his instructions here to the disciples were, or was, I want you to go everywhere and I want you to tell everyone about me. I want you to teach people about me. I want you to teach people my ways. And I want you to baptise them. And I guess, in some ways, that's why we do it. Because that's a direct instruction, I suppose, from Jesus Christ Himself. Jesus says, I want you to go and baptise. Like, and of course, we've, like, we have this message of repentance, but we also have this message of association. And I guess baptism is a, is a personal declaration to God about your new association. And it's also, I guess, a public declaration to everybody else and anyone else about that new association as well. Does that make sense? So, so baptize, being baptised isn't just about, uh, isn't just about a person, like a quiet little something you do in, in private in a corner somewhere, but it's about, you know, I'm going to tell God, I'm going to tell everyone else who wants to listen that I now want to be associated with Jesus Christ. And how do we know this? Because Jesus actually says, I want you to baptise people in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit. In other words, I want you to bring them into my name. I want, you, I want their identity to be wrapped up in me. I want, to be, I want them to be associated with what I'm doing. And I'd love people to do that. I'd love people to actually, to actually go and, and make that happen. Um, the question I suppose we ask ourselves is then, do I have to be baptised in order to go to heaven? I don't know, has anyone ever, ever thought that question or heard people 
maybe just maybe just nod your head yeah do I, do I actually have to be baptized to go to heaven well if we go back to scripture again I guess there's another answer uh, and that is the story of when Jesus was crucified and the story when Jesus was crucified there was two other guys that were crucified with him at the time one is left one is right and one of these guys that Jesus was crucified they were both criminals they were convicted criminals they were there because they'd done some dodgy stuff they were you know they were worthy of death according to the to the laws of the time and they were they were hung on on crosses beside Jesus and one of these guys was actually starting to give Jesus a hard time and he knew who Jesus was claiming to be and clearly this guy didn't want to be killed on a cross yeah funny that okay so clearly he's not happy to be there either but he's 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 hanging there and he's starting to be thinking mate if this Jesus guy is really who he is then why doesn't he get us all out of here? And he's starting to say things like, you know, Jesus, you've saved others, save yourself, and, and you know, why can't you get us off this, this cross and, you know, take us with you, all this sort of stuff. And he's, he's bagging Christ, he's bagging Jesus. The second guy, the guy on the other side of Jesus, turns to this guy and says, mate, lay off because he's done nothing wrong. We've, we've done the wrong thing, all right? We've done, the time, we've done the crime, we're doing the time. We've done the wrong thing, we're getting the punishment for it but Jesus has done nothing so he said don't give him a hard time accept your accept your punishment for what you've done wrong but don't don't start bagging bagging this guy Jesus and then he turns to Jesus and he says oh will you remember me he says you know remember me when you know when your kingdom comes and Jesus turns around and he says I'll tell you he says you'll be there now as far as I'm aware no one grabbed a bucket of water and threw it on this guy hanging on the cross or anything like that okay like so as far as I'm aware this guy didn't like you know all of a sudden get special permission to be taken down and be baptized he didn't this guy died on that cross but Jesus clearly said you, you'll be right so so and there's some other examples as well but so this whole baptism do you have to be baptized to be do you have to be baptized in order to go to heaven well it doesn't appear yes well then what's the big deal if that's the case then what's the big deal um, I guess the centerpiece, the, the whole, the, the punchline of this whole baptism is that baptism's like a wedding. Baptism is is the wedding day between you and Christ, and you know I know there's there, you, you, everyone might be able to come up with examples of people who who may have been. Um, dating for you know for maybe years and years and years before they get married or something like that and you think oh where's the commitment and when are you going to get married and all this sort of stuff right and you sort of start seeing people smiling and going, oh yeah I know a few of those sort of people um, I'm not looking at anyone by the way I don't know I'm just like that's just a blanket statement but but we all know people like who just like struggle to make that final commitment that final like oh yeah let's 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 make this official because because what a wedding is it's like saying to everybody it's the public declaration at the same time it's a personal commitment it's a personal commitment that you're declaring publicly that you're going to spend the rest of this life rest of your life with this one person and that by saying this means that you are going to make a commitment to exclude anyone else so it's just it's just me and and your spouse or whoever it might be. that's that's the wedding and when it comes down to baptism it's the same sort of thing it's, this is the commitment, this is the like, I'm going to be a follower of Christ for no, forever, no matter what. Uh, and it's that, it's that inward commitment to, or it's that outward display to an inward commitment. Um, 
we ask ourselves sometimes, like, when do we get baptised? You know, sometimes the question has been asked, like, what age and how old, how young, all that sort of stuff. And I guess the, the answer, while this is not necessarily... We don't find it in the Bible saying, okay, at age 13, now you're old enough to be baptised or, you know, you don't, there's no sort of test or maturity exam or something like that to say this is when you should or should not be baptised. But clearly there's, a, clearly there's a response, clearly there's a decision that has to be made to say, I want to be a follower and I don't want anyone else in my life except Jesus Christ as far as your, your direction of where you want to go. I want to be a follower of Jesus. And I guess that excludes younger people because by their very nature they haven't aren't mature enough to to make up their mind and I actually often will say to to students here at school I'll say you know they'll say oh when can we you know when can I get baptized how old do I have to be and my answer I'm not saying this is this is not the bible answer my answer is well if you're happy to be baptized even if your parents are not interested in Christianity or even if your parents weren't going to be interested in Christianity if you're happy to make that decision all on your own and you want to be a follower of Jesus Christ forever, then, I'm, then you're probably mature enough to, to make that decision. Whether you might be, that might mean you're 16 or it might mean you're 11 or wherever it might be. Um, but in any case, it's this really, this, this big decision of, it's like a wedding. And, you, and you're making a pretty big call in life to say, I want to be a follower. You know, and I guess there's a few things, there's a few things you don't want to see when it comes to marriage. Um, you don't want to see you don't want to see someone who, who is embarrassed of their partner. You know, like, oh, we don't really want a sort of a big wedding because I don't really want people to know that I'm marrying this person. Like, like, that's not, like, you know what I'm saying? There's something wrong with that, isn't it? Like, you know, there's something wrong if someone just started saying, oh, I'm a bit embarrassed about him or her. Um, don't really want too many people to realise what she or he's really, like, doesn't sit, does it? And when it comes to the baptism, I think it's the same story. And in fact, Jesus Christ actually, he asks us like to, to make it public, go public with this, declare, declare that you are, um, you know, completely and, and utterly just sold out. And I guess another thing you don't want to see at a wedding is, is someone who's, who's not 100% committed. Like when it comes to a wedding, you don't want someone to go, yeah, probably, you know, or like <laughs> maybe. In fact, I had this guy, uh, I used to work with this guy who was the, he was a, a, the son of, of the boss I worked with. He was a couple of years younger than I was, 20-something. Anyway, he, he, uh, he met this really lovely lady, all this sort of a story, right? And, and, he, and he, um, he started to get to know her. He did a few things. And then one day he said he took her, down, took her down for a walk down this big, long beach. And they were chatting and they were having, you know, it was a wonderful time. And he was sort of thinking, oh, mate, what a really nice girl. And, you know, they were, um, they were sort of just starting to get to know each other. They just started to date. It wasn't at the other end of the marriage scenario. But they were just starting to date. And... Anyway, he was thinking, oh, maybe, you know, I'm really looking forward to getting to know this girl more. I'm really looking forward to, you know, spending time with this girl. And, you know, they're going to start to go out and all this sort of stuff. And, um, and they were right up the other end of the beach, like, so they had to walk all the way home again. But they were right up the other, which was a bit awkward. They were right up the other end of the beach and she said, you know what, um, this guy, she said, oh, I'm really, you know, really enjoying spending time with you. And, and he's going, yeah, me too, you know, it's awesome. They said, <laughs> and you can take this however you want. But she, then she turned, true story, and she said, but there's a... Um, but she said, look, can we sort of just put this on hold for maybe a week or so? And he's like, oh, right. He said, yeah, there's, um, there's a Navy ship coming into town and over the weekend, and like, I'd really like to just... Uh, and he's just like, you what? <laughs> like, <laughs> and then they had to walk all the way back. Um, 
true story, you know, like, he's just gone, you're kidding me, like, like, you know, you don't want to see that, like, you don't want to see a divided loyalty. And it's the same story, it's the same story with, with Jesus, you don't want to see divided loyalty, you want someone who's going to be, I'm 100% sold out here, and I'm ready to tell the world, I'm not embarrassed, I'm ready to go. And I suppose, I guess in, in that way, that's why we do it, you know, like I said before, it's that, it's that personal declaration of a new association, I'm ready, I'm ready to go in, I'm going to tell everybody that I want to be associated with Jesus Christ, I want to belong to the family of Jesus Christ. Um, and, and as we said before about that whole thief on the cross, it's not a condition, it's not something I think we have to do in order to get to heaven, but it's a demonstration that we are going to heaven, that's why I get baptised. It's not a, it's not a, um, it's not a condition of salvation, but it's evidence of salvation. It's not a condition of, I'm going to heaven, but it's saying, yep, that's already happening in my heart. Um, I guess one other thing, probably, just as we finish up, probably one more thing I'll say about baptism. And that is, and again, this is probably not, not so much a, something you'll find in the Bible, like Jesus obviously says, you know, go and baptise people and, and he encourages people to be baptised. John Baptist was baptising people. Um, but one of the things, and that if you've ever seen a baptism or if you've ever been part of a baptism, maybe you've been baptised yourself, watching someone else being baptised is one of the most powerful, we'll use the word witness, that's a pretty Christian term, pretty, pretty churchy term, but it's a powerful tool to show other people what Christ means and what Christ can mean in someone's life. And for someone like you guys, whoever it is, you might, might have already been there or you might be thinking about going there, whatever it is, but it's, it's a powerful thing to say to your friends and to say to, to, say to people around you, you know what, I'm a sold out follower of Jesus Christ and when other people see that, it inspires. More than, more than Neil Redmond sitting on a seat up the front on the refresh on Saturday morning probably can ever do, to actually see a real life um, standing before a crowd of people and standing before God and saying, you know what, I'm a sold out Christian and no one's going to change that. That's powerful. That's awesome. And, and I'm, not, I'm not here to, like, all of a sudden, you know, put my hand and say, like, I feel there's five people here today that need baptism. I'm not going to do that, okay? All right, so you can relax, don't call me, it's all cool. But if you were wanting to do that, if you, if you haven't been baptised and it's something that you've already, you've already sold out to Christ, but, it's all, but you haven't quite stepped across the line of going, you know what, I want to tell everyone about it. Again, I'm not going not to make you come up the front, don't get me wrong, I'm not going to put any pressure on you or anything like that. But make it happen. Make it happen. Don't wait. You, you can be, you can be, still do dodgy stuff. Even after you're baptised, we still do dodgy stuff. You don't have to be perfect, is what I'm saying. I'm not saying I'm giving you permission to do dodgy stuff. <laughs> Just saying. What I'm saying is we're all sinners. We're all doing bad stuff. Doesn't matter who you are. You will do bad stuff after you're baptised as well. Guarantee it. Bible says it. We're all sinners. We are all, you know, we all have sin. That's why Jesus Christ came. That's why he actually died on a cross. And the meaning of that is shown through people when they publicly declare how awesome God is and the fact that they, will want, they want to take on that forgiveness that he offers. So, if you, like I said, if you, if you haven't been baptised before and you'd like to, just tell someone. Come and talk to one of us or, I don't know, make it happen. Um, it's not only 
for yourself, making your own personal commitment. Like I said, it's not a condition of salvation, but it's a response to. And then maybe you can be you can be a incredibly powerful tool in the spiritual journey of someone else because of what you've done. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you so very much for baptism. I want to thank you that even though it seems maybe a little bit unusual, uh, but at the same time it's this powerful symbol. You know, and there's lots of other things we can talk about baptism and about the symbolism of, you know, of the death and life and, and lots of things. But at the end of the day, it's this declaration, Lord, that, that we want to share with you and we want to share with everybody else to say, you know what, I'm not embarrassed of you and I'm just ready to, to live for you no matter what. And I just pray um, for people who, I'm going to say a prayer here, particularly for people who, who may not have make, made that step, who may not have just taken that on for themselves, that they'd be interested in maybe just, I guess, taking the plunge, excuse the pun, to actually step, in, step out and to make a difference in, in their world. Thanks, Lord. Amen.